Happy Sunday. Happy July 5th. This is Keeping It 100 Podcast with my co-host and team, Leo Rydell and Jordan Rosario. How are you guys doing, fellas? Tell me a story. How's the week been treating us? Leo, we'll start with you. Oh, man. Let me tell you guys a little story, man. So I I told my guys before we come, came on the cast, I hit a little bit of burnout this week. But, you know, I'm back in action. I'm ready to go. Listen, yesterday was great. I uh, had a lot of barbecue, seen some fireworks. I really, I mean, I, I got to catch up with my dad and my grandfather yesterday and, and show my grandfather my new car. So I felt really good to just kind of chop it up with grandpa for once. I haven't seen him in a couple months since the pandemic started. So it was like really good to get to visit with my grandfather and just catch up with him, catch up with dad. And you know, I just been grinding away, guys. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling so refreshed, ready to be back on the cast. I missed you guys. So man, I'm feeling really good right now. I'm hyped up. I'm ready to talk about this. I'm I'm so excited to be back on. Like, it's been a minute, y'all. So I'm excited to talk with y'all. Jordan. This weekend is exactly what the doctor ordered. Um, you know, I have been, uh, you know, hanging out with some friends, uh, some long overdue uh, hangouts, uh, you know, just catching up with the with some of my friends. Obviously, uh, yes, yesterday was a fantastic, uh, fantastic holiday, July 4th. So I was able to celebrate that with my friends as well. Uh and basically just also resting, recovering, and getting myself fresh and ready to uh, start this episode. And you, and Leo, you said it best. I am ready to go. I'm fired up, and uh, we're ready to kick some ass today. Definitely. Uh, Leo, can you hear me? Uh, we're probably having some technical difficulties, but uh, yeah, 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 we're good. Can you hear you? Um, can you hear me? Everybody's good. All <laughs> right. Sorry. Everyone's good. Okay. <laughs> We're still recovering, fellas. Um, and for me, it's been it's been a great week. I mean, it's been a, a, a last week was definitely crazy with the uh, spike of the coronavirus cases going on. So um, work at the hospital definitely is crazy for sure. Um, but luckily, I had a great three day weekend. Um, so uh, great weekend Friday protested uh, at the award district uh, center, um, the police station, actually, where they train at um, and protested. So uh, this show has definitely been adamant and out there advocating um, not just for George Floyd or Rihanna Taylor, um, but Elijah McClain as well. Um, it's definitely been crazy uh, for my personal experience. Um, I went last Saturday, actually, when they had it at the municipal center. Um, where it got violent when they had the violinist there and everything. And um, I got pepper sprayed uh, unlawfully. They said it was a protest. Um, it was definitely uh, mind-changing, meaning like just seeing it in person um, and seeing what's going on and definitely advocating uh, for a change of justice and just, you know, Black Lives Matter, but all lives matter, you know, um, at the end of the day. Um, you had young kids, I mean, young as like three there, you know, uh, there, I think there was a young girl around like 10 years old that got pepper sprayed. Um, it was definitely just horrible to see. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, it was good to have the uh, the visual uh, for Elijah McClain and the violinist. They were so just well. It, it was just great. Um, but it was definitely wrong from the Aurora Police Department, uh, in my opinion, for just that use of force. And it was it uh, a nonviolent pro. It was not even a violent protest. It was nonviolent protest. Um, and then this Friday. Um, 
we actually did trick the police department. So the Aurora police actually thought everybody was going to march to the municipal center again. But what they didn't realize is that we already had a game plan under our sleeve, meaning that that whole day I probably was laughing a little bit, not to just sound like a joke, but at the end of the day, they thought we were going to do one thing and we actually cut them off on another, meaning we went actually to their police station where they train, where they have all their cars, where they have everything to dispatch out uh, for calls. And we went right there actually. Um, and it literally, we cut off where we thought we were going to go and just tricked them. So um, it shocked the world. It shocked them. Um, they were not prepared at all. Um, and uh, they were surrounded in the precinct. So they didn't have an opportunity to get out. Um, and the biggest thing that we emphasize of protesting out there, um, there was PSL out there and there's a group I met 10 for 10, which is like young African-Americans uh, and minorities. Um, they stand up for change. Um, and I met some of them this weekend and it was just amazing to see uh, what they do of work and how they build on the community here. But long story short, um, the cops were really discombobulated. Um, everybody came as a community. They had medic stations, they had food, they had water. Um, people were passing out blankets. People were singing, dancing, um, not just to celebrate. Like It's not a block party um, in any fashion, but we were celebrating Elijah McClain because Elijah McClain loved music. Um, as a personal friend of his back in the day, meaning like when I was younger, he would go to the Boys and Girls Club and I remember him, you know, loving music. He would try to find a violin. He'll try to play the piano and learn those instruments. And he loved music. And so um, we did that in his honor too, as well, because we were, our game plan was to stay out there as long as possible. Um, there was actually a video on Facebook page where we have a inter uh, interaction with the police chief on the phone asking uh, and demanding justice for those officers, not only ones that, for those that took the pictures, but the ones that are still not charged or disciplined for their actions of the Elijah McClain death. Um, so uh, we just want justice and that's what we, uh, we're fighting for. So there's definitely gonna be more uh, protests for sure. Um, but it's just great to have the community come together. And I stayed out there again uh, pretty late and the police came out and we all showed each other. Um, it was just great to just have a community come together, uh, have a peaceful protest. So it was definitely a victory because at the end of the day, this is costing APD almost $50,000 every time we do a protest like this. Um, and we're not trying to hurt the community by not letting them get uh, calls, but this is the this is what we have to come to measures um they have, they don't consider this life as a matter uh, of urgency to, to to take care of and get justice um and keep on protecting these cops that are still fired or need of duty or charged then we're still going to keep on going so um i was definitely outraged but i'm glad i've supported our our whole team of keeping 100 has definitely supported that movement so it's been an eventful weekend for sure recovering from that protest because once you protest it takes a lot out of your voice will be person you just be out of energy but it was definitely a great uh you know just moment for the community to come together so um i know we have a lot to talk about i don't want to like take too much of it but uh i know we have the sports going on so with i mean we have cam um there's a lot of just information uh due to us not having an episode last week we definitely want to put as much emphasis um and information as possible uh, for you guys and we definitely want to make this show definitely just amazing uh, for you guys so uh, I know last week they had a recent investigation about the uh, with the FBI about Bubba Wallace uh, the garage um, and what they found in the nose uh, hey Jordan do you want to explain a little bit about this topic um, if you want to 
Yes. Yeah, so what happened is that pull rope that, uh, you know, it turned out it was a, a noose. It was reported that, you know, it was initially reported that it was put there for uh, essentially as a hate crime against Bubba Wallace. So it turns out the uh, recent investigation, it was a noose that was left in the garage since early October. And of course, when Bob, when Bubba Wallace found out about the, uh, the, you know, the FBI's findings, there were a few quotes I want to take from him. You know, of course, he was absolutely relieved that, you know, this wasn't what it could have been. But to but to address some of the things that he talked about when he essentially found the noose, are we hyper sensitive to everything that's going on in the world now? Absolutely. But if you were in my shoes, and I doubt anybody could walk in my shoes, especially at this moment, you would go down that route time and time again. Uh, yes, it was a garage pull for our stall at Talladega, but that was in the solid shape of a noose. And when my guy seen that, when my crew member had seen that, who happened to be African-American, he did his research first, and I was very proud of that. And when he's seen that the other garage poles were basically just a solid piece of rope, no knots in them, and we had a knot that was in the shape of a noose, yeah, that calls for an investigation. And he also addressed it a bit further on Instagram, appreciating the support of his team and NASCAR as a whole. It's been an emotional few days. Uh, first off, I want to say how relieved I am that the investigation revealed that this wasn't what we feared it was. I want to thank my team, NASCAR, and the FBI for acting swiftly and treating this as a real threat. I think we'll gladly take a little embarrassment over what the alternatives could have been. Make no mistake, though, some will try. This should not detract from the show of unity we had on Monday and the progress we made as a sport to be a more welcoming environment for all. And to me, what those comments essentially stated were, yes, this happened where... Great, it didn't turn out to be a hate crime, but that doesn't mean we should not, and you pointed this out very well early on, Des, in the show, that we should not take our take our foot off the gas. Well, we got to keep going definitely, with this. Definitely, we have to keep uh, pedal to the metal. That's one thing that uh, at the protest uh, we did say that we're not going to stop here. We are going to put pedal to the metal. Uh, so definitely, and not just for Elijah McClain, but for everybody else as well. Uh, definitely the justice for the soldier that got killed as well. We didn't, uh, if I didn't announce that on the show in the beginning. Um, that's just definitely wrong by the Army and Fort Hood, too, as well. Um, and um, like I said, my prayers and condolences go to, to to her as well, but Bubba, Bubba Wallace as well. It's definitely wrong in the sport. I mean, like I said, it, it's just wrong. And like I said, racial injustice should never be allowed at all in any circumstance. Um, it just hurts, you know, just to see that definitely, especially in NASCAR, but I mean, in sports in general, it's just wrong. Leo, what's your take on it? Um, I got to admit, guys, when uh, that happened, I was just a little bit, I'm not going to lie, I was a little upset because I knew exactly what was going to happen. We're going to turn the tables. We're going to kind of misconstrue what this whole movement was about. I mean, hey, it doesn't matter if it was hung in, 2018, 2012, 2010, still looked shaped like a noose. I don't care what anybody says. I think that it definitely still resembled a rope, like a, like a noose rope. And I think that Bubba Wallace being the only driver, uh, like the only black driver, full-time driver for NASCAR, that's degrading. Um, and I think he has, 
even though they figured out that it wasn't like an actual noose, I think he still has all the right to feel offended by that, to use his platform to speak out about that, because I think that was one of those examples of just being nonchalant with racism, being nonchalant with hate. I mean, who knows who put that there? Who knows who did that and for what purpose it was for? I mean, I think they said it was to pull the garage up. It just doesn't need to be in that shape. Like, why does it have to be like that? Again, it's the same thing the confederate flag like why does it have to you know why does it have to stay in nascar i just think that i don't want people to what's the word i'm looking for ditch or i guess turn against his opinions and start and start attacking bubba wallace for you know crying wolf because that's not the case here i think that it's totally understandable for the way he feels and i think they just need to take it down like look whether it was up last year whether it was up 10 years ago it down just like you did the confederate flag let's have some respect for each other and let's let's move on from this like let's not attack bubba wallace and call him a liar or call him or say things like oh he made it up he misunderstood like no he understood perfectly you just have to we have to keep supporting him and it's like you guys are saying we have to keep the conversation going so i think he's warranted to feel exactly like how he feels think that even though the fbi found it wasn't a noose we still got to keep talking about this we still got to advocate for and support bubba wallace and i think that this happening should not drown out the immense support that he received from the initial allegation like they should still stand by him they should still love him and they should still be you know brothers in arms with him and still march with him like the support going is what i say and hey, whatever it wasn't an actual news what have you the support strong that's all, that's what i got to say about it and here's my question i mean great this was not directed i guess at bubble walls if you want to think about it you know left since early october my question is why was it left that way if the other garage poles because he mentioned that the other garage poles were not shaped like that it was the only poll that was used. So why? Is there a specific reason? Did you feel like that garage needed to have that at some type during early October? Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Great, it wasn't targeted at Bubba Wallace, but there's still some credence as to why that that garage pole, that pole rope was left like there. You, what's what what general purpose do you have tying the rope like that? Right. What general purpose? I mean, that's a good question. It's like, you bring up a really good point. If the rest of them weren't like that, why was that like that? It just doesn't seem, something's not lining up. And okay, yeah, they found that it wasn't the news, but some, some not lining up there. Yeah. Something's not lining up. Something's just not lining up, like you said, Leo. And, um, you know, something's just, yeah, it's just something's not lining up. And so it's definitely just, uh, like you said, it's just sad to see this in our society. It's definitely sad to, to see this. Um, it's just wrong, you know. So, any final thoughts on the topic before we go on the next topic, or any other final thoughts on it? I mean, when we talk about this story, I mean, great. Um, it like I said, as I said before, um, of course, Bubba Wallace wasn't targeting this. Uh, he wasn't targeted specifically. I'm relieved to hear that. That does bring up a certain point, though. At some point, when we get towards, you know, the postseason, you know, when the real big NASCAR events start showing up, it, and if 
Bubba Wallace, because I do think I, I've seen a couple of his races. He's a very talented race car driver. If he gets to the postseason, he gets up to those really big important events. How are fans going to treat Bubba Wallace? I, I want to fully believe. I want in my full in my heart of hearts. I want to fully believe that. And it is the South too, so I want to give it a good range. 75, 80% of the people are fine with this. If they're going to move forward and be like, okay, it, you know, this this obviously needs to happen. But then there are those 20%, and again, that's a very conservative estimate. I do hope that estimate is far below 20%, but 20% of fans are probably not going to jive with what's going on in NASCAR. And that is the scary question that I have to pose right now. What's going to happen to Bubba Wallace going down the line? I hope it doesn't turn to violence, and I'm not saying it's going to, but I just kind of, I'm taking that, I'm taking that part of Bubba Wallace's career and, in, in, you know, showing some serious concern about that. Definitely in his career as well, and definitely some concern there. Um, and we'll see how it plays out for sure. Through these uh, next couple months, um, with the change slowly happening every day. Um, so we talked about Bubba Wallace, the MLB, and the MLP. PA have agreed to a season restart this year, with starting dates set for the end of July. The new season will have sixty. Uh, game schedule what do you guys think of this Mike uh, quick point I'm excited at the same time there's been a lot of players saying hey David Price I'm not playing um, Mike Trout he's like I don't feel safe he has a baby on the way he has a wife and uh, definitely doesn't feel safe but you know they definitely want to play and get some type of uh, baseball going no fans little guys uh, I know the o- Oakland Athletics are getting carved uh as fans basically like cut out of fan pictures and putting them in the seats and replace of fans um to still have i guess like a fan feel like a fan experience per se um but um it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this all plays out um but with the recent rise of coronavirus, uh, positive uh cases around the world it kind of just strikes me as a little bit of a concern just due to players getting it now and um you know some players just saying hey I don't want to play. Even Ian Desmond, uh, Colorado Rocky, doesn't want to play. So, um, what's your guys' take? I'll go with Leo first. Um, Leo, what's your take on it? Um, I know that I did read that they also can have an exemption from this if it comes to health issues or uh, like the player who's having a, a child soon. Uh, like if your family is very uh, like not Im- immune, there's also an exemption there for certain players. So I kind of I guess worry is there's going to be like a lot of exempt players. And I know that they're getting paid what they said, but I don't know about that without fans in the stands. I just I'll admit I'm not like an MLB expert. And I know that the NFL relies more on their fans than the MLB per se, but. You know, I just I think it's a sticky situation. Look, great. They they found a way to bring back baseball. I don't know. I just think personally it might be a little too early with these spikes. But you know what? I will say that at least 
fans won't be there so the spread will be minimalized um but is that going to harm the spirit of the game because like i mean when you ha you have an empty stand i know i've played sports before and i you know it's it's like it will probably feel like being a practice squad and practicing against another team because i mean that's where you get a lot of your energy that's where you get a lot of your oomph your spirit from from the fans I just I don't know I if I feel like we're gonna watch it and it's just gonna feel very lacking energy in in momentum but I mean I'm willing to wait and see maybe I'm wrong but I I don't know man I I think it might be kind of a weak sauce idea hey if it works out I'm gonna be happy and I'm not sitting here saying I don't want it to work out I just I don't know I, I'm a little bit so-so about it Jordan what do you think man I know you're a huge MLB fan I mean, the baseball fan in me, and uh, thank you for pouring that. <laughs> thank you for pouring that out, Leo. The baseball fan in me is excited. I mean, we finally get baseball at this point. If you're counting it, what's now July fourth? We're kind of nearby the point where we're supposed to have the All Star break. So I want to say we're halfway through the midseason. If, of course, it was not suspended, but you know, we're we're craving for another baseball uh, baseball year to take place. Now, I do want to pre uh, preface by saying, when I first heard of the story, I picked this up, uh, of course, this was supposed to be for last week's episode, so I want to say I picked this up around uh, June 23rd. This was before, and now this is the, uh, the human side of me coming into play. This is before, of course, when we heard about those recent spikes concerning Arizona and concerning Florida. Now, why are those two states important? Why did I specifically point out Florida and Arizona? Both those states hold the spring training sites for all 30 MLB teams. When we're talking about these recent coronavirus spikes, it, it, especially in those two states, I don't even want to go into the point that Florida just had a record 11,000 cases in one day. So <laughs> let's not let's not even touch that because <laughs> that's that's almost too concerning at that point. But we are talking about a pandemic that has not gone away because some of these states reopened a lot way, way too early. Should have should have paused that, you know, well, 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 well long ago. Unfortunately, I think that point alone is really going to not only dampen the uh, MLB's return, but I know we're going to talk about on the show later. What about the NBA? I, 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 there's a lot of players, and we're going to talk about that, especially with the Brooklyn Nets, that they don't even want to go into the sites because of how bad this coronavirus pandemic has actually spread. This is officially now our second resurgence of this virus. Who knows where this is going? I mean, you've seen what's happened in Colorado already. We had to close down the bars again. I am pretty sure we're not out of the woods with with all these uh, states so nearby us. We'll, we'll see what happens at, at that point. But, fellas, I am concerned. I'm definitely concerned about what's going on over these past couple of weeks to where I don't know about all these other leagues opening up right now. Uh, who's to say what's going to happen because of this? Yeah, with all the resurgence and what's happening right now, it may be on a pause and it's uh, I think they should just pause it until they can at least get this contained. With this second resurgence, like you said, Leo and Jordan, um, it's definitely hard to see some type of sports while this resurgence is just going crazy uh, and bazonkers per se. 
Um, so it was definitely crazy with that. And then the National League will use the DH spot starting in 2020. This will result in the creation of a universal DH, uh, which is this designated hitter. Uh, people don't know the term of DH. Um, the American League has had the DH spot. Uh, 1973 so i know we talked about the mlb coming back and our thoughts about it with the coronavirus cases spiking up um but jordan we'll go to you real quick uh just quick brief what do you think about this for the uh national league having a universal dh designated hitter i mean to my baseball peers out there i know that a lot of you are going to be angry about the news and i get it the National League, you're talking about a league that's been in uh, inception since 1871. This particular rule is unheard of. From 1871 until 2019, no DH. The pitcher had to bat, and that was just it. American League, you know, broke tradition back in 1973, so everyone's kind of forgiven the American League. So to the baseball purist, I get that, but I'll tell you what. We are in a era where we think the greatest era of baseball to a lot of young people, that's including me, that's including Leo, that's including Dez. We're talking Gen Zs and millennials because those that's what you got to target next, MLB. We care about offense. I mean, we're not – we are so preoccupied with the technology. We've got uh, what you would call the uh, ADHD, <laughs> you know, uh, syndrome in the, in, in, the, uh, in these generations where – we want to just see at baseball go, 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 go. So with the DH, that helps create a lot more offense, brings a lot more intrigue to the game. You're not going to see one nothing, you know, snoozers. You might see something like a 5-4 to four baseball game, 7-6, to 8-9, to nine, something like that. Generates a bit more intrigue. So I get where all the baseball peers are coming from, but to me, this is a great move by the MLB. And it shows that they are wanting to move forward and try to keep their league relevant. Because to be completely honest, they are down popularity ratings, at least to me, with the NFL, NBA, and NHL. I think the NHL is having a great resurgence. So the MLB has got to do something to step up, to be relevant. And this is one of their first steps into doing so. Definitely, definitely. Leo, what's your take on it? Um, no, I, I just, I'm going to defer back to what I was saying. I just, admittedly, I'm kind of just so-so about this entire move. And I just, I don't really have too much more to weigh in, weigh in on it. Like, I kind of just, I'm just so-so about it. I, I guess for me, I want to, I really want to see what it's going to look like, if there's going to be any type of change, like how this game is going to look. So I'm just, I'm same, a little so-so Same, it. definitely it's just so so about it. it's great to just um have this as well um with the dh so it's definitely intriguing to see what's going to happen with that and how that impacts the game like you said jordan uh, with our generation we do care about defense but definitely offense we want to see that excitement some some doubles some buffs for sure and just excitement but with this whole coronavirus case of uh, resurgence we'll have to keep eye on it guys and see what happens with the mlb's plans um and and the sports in general um, so we talked about uh, Bubba Wallace, we talked about the MLB coming back with 60 game uh, season and the new DH for the National League. Um, now we're talking into football in the NFL. Uh, still with sports, we have the Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott has agreed to sign his franchise tag. This will allow him to play for the 2020 NFL season. The 2020 tag will allow him to earn 
$31.4 million this season. By signing the tag, Prescott is now obligated to, to training camp. Uh, what is your guys' thoughts? Mines, real quick. $31.4 million uh, for just a franchise tag. Uh, a lot of money there, but he definitely deserves every penny of that. Uh, my thing is, is with the whole coronavirus, guys, uh, I don't want to say the whole this show is coronavirus. <laughs> Long story short, um, with the resurgence, and now the NFL is new, they probably maybe canceled their two preseason games. They canceled two already of the four that were originally scheduled. Now it's down to two. They're even thinking of it now, the NFL PA, of just canceling all the preseason games together and getting the season just started off. Automatically. The thing is, is that they haven't reported the training camp yet. So now it seems like everything's like a fast resurgence. Like you said like, uh, earlier in the show, Leo, it feels like uh, you're on a practice squad right now, just visiting other teams super quickly, um, trying to adapt to certain things. But you have to be extra cautious because of this virus. So I'm glad to see that, you know, something's done with this whole uh, Dallas Cowboys situation. They did draft a great wide receiver out of Oklahoma CD Lamb to rejuvenate that offense, bring some juice. Um, so I'm definitely excited about that. But, I mean, it's about time. At the same time, um, the guy deserves every penny of it. And he's definitely going to show his work during the game. So we went to uh, Leo, I think, last time. We'll go back to you, Jordan. What is your uh, take on this for Dak Prescott uh, signing the franchise tag? And, I mean, we could talk about coronavirus with uh, reopening to the seasons until we're blue in the face, but that's not to say we can't at least look into the hypotheticals if the season were to reopen up on time. So, with Dak Prescott, what that means is he is now truly betting on himself to say, hey, if you are not going to sign me as a quarterback, Dallas, I will go somewhere else, no problem. He is getting his money. And I think at $31.4 million with the type of BS he's had to endure in Dallas, I mean, I can think of Ezekiel Elliott where he's gotten his money. And there are, there are some people that say he probably should have earned it. There are people that say, hey, do some piss poor behavior, some piss poor personal behavior, you know, piss poor uh, player conduct that perhaps he should have waited. So when we look at Dak Prescott, he's done nothing wrong. He's been a model franchise face for the Cowboys since he's been since he became a rookie. And so great, he's getting his money. But this is to Jerry. This is a sign. This is a message that Des Dak Prescott is saying to Jerry Jones and the executive office. I will perform this year. I will be so much better than Andy Dalton that it will blow your mind. And when we're done with this year, you better pay me. Well, I will go somewhere else. And with Dak Prescott, behold, if he makes a great 2020 season, which I personally believe he will with some of the talent he has, Dallas, you better be ready to pay up because this is your last chance with Dak Prescott if you fuck up, if you screw True, with him that's again. a great statement. It's like dropping the mic right there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, for real. I mean, I was just going to pick up off that and say that, like, yeah, you got, look, X didn't have an amazing season. I mean, they went eight and eight last year. They, they didn't have an amazing season, but he's still a hot quarterback. Uh, he's still a, he's still really hot in this league. I, I agree, Jordan, every penny that is deserved. I think, I think that might've been you, Dez, my bad, but every penny of this is deserved. I think they really need to hold on to Dak and with, 
way the coronavirus stuff is going, I don't know when they're going to when we're actually going to get our first game because let's be real here. Movie theaters said they were going to open late June. That's what it is. It's July and a lot of them still aren't even open. I, I think that oh. nobody foresaw all these cases that were going. And again, I'm bringing up coronavirus too, but I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Nobody saw all this commotion going. And I think that if we don't stop it, like it's just going to, there's not going to be any way to control it. So I think there, we're going to see a lot of cancellations. I think we're going to see a lot of delays. I think the NFL could be on track to start late fall, early winter. But man, we're not, it's not looking too good right now. I think this is a great guarantee for Dak. I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, this is yeah, a one year. year, right? Yeah, this is only a one year. Yep. That's a lot of money for one year, but I give it to Dak. And I, I'm curious to see how he does this season because I know he went eight and eight last season. And I mean, he was really hot in his premiere season, but I'm I'm really looking forward to, to seeing some more football. But at the same time, I want everybody to be safe. So it's a little bittersweet. I, I think that this is a great deal for Dak. And I hope he gets the best out of it because I agree, Jordan. If they mess him over again, he's out. And he's going to go to another a squad and shine. Most See, here's the thing, though. And this is what a lot of people don't understand about the Dallas Cowboys and their, what I like to put as their nauseating fan base. The fan base is fucking out of their mind right now. When you look at the uh, history of the Dallas Cowboys, I'm talking about the... Uh, you know, when they won their, after they won their Super Bowl back 20 years ago, but yet uh, all the Cowboys want to point that out. So, uh, great. Now, after that, after that recent Super Bowl, Cowboys have sucked. When was the last good quarterback besides Tony Romo and Dak Prescott that you can name? Uh, Drew so sure, for one year. Uh, what, about anybody, what about anybody else? To be honest with I mean, but Troy Aikman was during the Super Bowl run. I'm talking about quarterbacks after the Super Bowl run. So let's none. put <laughs> exactly none. So we're talking about Dak Prescott. He has gotten the Cowboys to the playoffs. I want to say two out of his four years, two out, two out of four. That's not bad. It's a lot better than some other quarterbacks have done for the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Romo included in that conversation. And right now, Dak has the fans in the palm of his hands. He has got so much leverage that if Dak, if you make Dak go to a team like, I don't know, Washington could use him, Chicago could use him, Minnesota. This is just so many NFL NFL teams that I could name that would take Dak Prescott that if he leaves... Ooh, you're talking about a fan base that's not going to like Jared Jones not not too much anymore. Yeah, true. <laughs> or at least I hope. True. Alrighty, so we we talked about the Dak Prescott and the uh, the uh, franchise tag, and then there's some more NFL news uh, with that as well. Um, With not just Dak, I mean that's just great news though for him to finally just get some type of uh, money because I mean he he's gonna work his butt off and he's definitely gonna shine Andy Dalton for sure. Um, the NFL has decided to cancel the National Football League Hall of Fame game and has pushed back the Hall of Fame introduction. This comes in the midst of everything surrounding 
like we've been talking about most of the show today, uh, <laughs> uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, record surges in the U.S. with other than Texas being the most potent one in recent days. Um, so, like I said, uh, my quick take, uh, it's a remove. You don't want to rush something and say, hey, we can have it. And then you risk not just yourself, you know, getting the coronavirus, but others as well. Um, and it is a monumental uh, experience and moment for the Hall of Famers. We know we have Steve Atwater, one of our fellow uh, in the uh, Hall of Fame this year. Um, so it's definitely, it's just a patient game. You definitely have to just wear a mask, social distance, and everybody do their part to to at least try to get this virus under control. And with our president, and we're not trying to get into politics here, but the president trying to reopen stuff so quickly when stuff wasn't really ready first, I mean, definitely, you know, this is the end result. So it's definitely good to just take a step back, get everything together, make sure everything's under control before doing any type of uh, ceremony. Fame game. So we went to Jordan last time. Leo, what's your quick take on this with the NFL canceling the Hall of Fame game and the uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony? And I mean, it's another one of those like bittersweet moments, you know, just I'm glad they're taking the precautions though. Like, they, just like with the draft, like they really have pivoted i think i would say they've pivoted the best out of any sports league during this um maybe mlb being a, a very close second and i can't speak for nhl so i apologize but i i think that they're handling this pretty well um i think that seeing this happen though for me makes me think is that first game really gonna start when they said already canceled twice so i just i don't know I, for me, it kind of gives me a, a outlook, a, a little bit of outlook of, I guess, concern when the season's going to start. I don't, I don't think we're at a, a place net right now where we can confidently say it's going to start then because we could get two days before fellows and they could just say, well, we're going to have to cancel and delay. Like it, it just is slightly concerning, but I mean, hey, like I said, I'm glad they're taking 50 precautions, but man, doesn't it just feel like sports this year is just so stripped down like i i just i'm like man it just all, all the stuff that's being canceled postponed it's it's rough it's rough on us sports fans you know we just want to just want to watch football but we also want our boys to be safe so i think it's a good move a little bittersweet though it's definitely bittersweet leo because you're right we're talking about safety is the name of the game no of course the nfl has always preached that but this is the year where they've really got their got to put their money to the mouth. I mean, you've got this coronavirus pandemic, and I know we keep saying COVID like we're a broken record, but it's true. That's what we're going through right now. And of course, and I don't know if, if y'all have heard about uh, the new stuff that's coming out of China right now with their, with another flu virus uh, thing that's now going on surrounding pigs, which great we need another pandemic on top of this fantastic but uh, going back to this specifically i mean we're talking they've canceled the football hall of fame game they've canceled already two weeks in the preseason and i think that's fine we're we want teams at this point to have as much of a competitive advantage if you would call it that and if you have to end up canceling the the, the preseason and just have a bare down stripped just training camp where 
you go through what you can do as safely as you can in training camp and then have it ready for the season. Sure, our weeks our weeks one, two, three, four are gonna be super sloppy and maybe potentially not be watchable games. Perhaps there's that chance, but we want the season to continue. I'm pretty sure people are willing up to get games that don't actually count, aka the preseason, in order to make sure they get a guaranteed NFL regular season where all of our players are as safe and healthy as they could be. Exactly. Safety is key, uh, important um, during this uh, this pandemic. So it's definitely a, a safety is definitely important. And like you said, Jordan, they're just taking the right precautions. So um, definitely just good to just take the right precautions and uh, staying safe uh, at the same exact time uh, during this pandemic. Um. So we talked about Bubba Watson. We talked about the MLB uh, new season schedule. We talked about the DH as well as the designated hitter that the National League is going to have in sports. Uh, with Dak Prescott signing his franchise tag, uh, $31.4 million this season. Um, and then the NFL uh, canceling their uh, Hall of Fame game and their uh, enshrinement ceremony as well. Um, in NBA news, we have legend uh, Vince Carter has officially uh, – uh, officially announced his retirement from the NBA. The 22-year vet has had a tremendous career with the Toronto Raptors, New Jersey Nets, Orlando Magic, Phoenix, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, and Atlanta Hawks. Um, before we get to the accolades of them, um, there is a uh, rumor out there in the NBA uh, per source uh, with ClutchSports.com um, that the NBA is trying to find like a not a basically like a loser bracket uh tournament for those teams that are not eligible for the playoffs so this may get some great news for uh, vince carter yes like a consolation bracket a loser the bracket teams that didn't make the the, uh, the playoffs they're trying to have <laughs> what are they get a participation trophy <laughs> i think vince carter might just say hey you <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, Des, but I'm looking at NBA legend Vince Carter, right? We're talking about right, right, right. Mr. Mr. Primetime, right? You want him in his last year to go to a consolation bracket with a fucking participation right. trophy? <laughs> that is pathetic. <laughs> so it's definitely uh, crazy for sure. So, uh, But yeah, that's what I heard. Um, they're doing that. Yeah. With that, um, it's definitely crazy. But yeah, the uh, Vince Carter—that's the rumor going around so far. So uh, we'll definitely tap into that story and see if it's going to come to light and be true. Um, but uh, Vince Carter, uh, the 1999 NBA Rookie of the Year, uh, 2001. Um, but basically, from 2000 to 2007, NBA All Star, uh, All NBA Second Team nod, in 2000. Um, all of NBA third team nod um, in 2000, the NBA slam dunk champion. He also has two gold medals, one from Sydney Summer Olympics in 2000 and one from FIBA championships in 2003. Um, so, Jordan, we'll, t- we'll go to you. What is your take on this and Vince Carter uh, closing the chapter, my friend? I'm not going to lie, Des. I'm not going to lie, Leo. 
this guy, this Vince, Vince Carter is something special. Um, I remember growing up uh, when I really, really, really started to get into basketball. Vince Carter was one of those names you just talked you just talked about. I mean, I, I'll just read off the accolades. Uh, I mean, Rookie of the Year in 1999, NBA All-Star from 2000 to 2007, All-NBA Second Team Nod in 2001, All-NBA Third Team Nod in 2000, and of course, everybody remembers the uh, what happened in the slam dunk event in 2000 with this guy, man. He was putting on a show. He was putting on a show. So he, he obviously deserved that 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 title and being the slam dunk champion. Also getting two gold medals. I mean, that's that's insane. That is, to me, a very satisfying career for Vince Carter. I mean, when you look at him, he would he is just a it's a very serious player, very clutch player. Always puts on a show every time I see him on the court. And so for him to go, for him to go like this, uh, it's bittersweet. But he is coming out on top. He's had a very, very long, successful NBA career, playing 22 years. That's not a lot of players do that anymore. And with him officially stepping away from the game, I can only hope that he is going to have a great second act to follow. Maybe not with basketball, maybe with basketball, but I feel as if there are some very great things for uh, Vince Carter lying ahead. Yes, for sure. Definitely a lot of great, uh, uh, bright future ahead of him. Um, he can get into commentary like D-Wade has. So um, he, I can see him in that department as well. And like I said, he has a bright future and um, just an amazing athlete and definitely a legend in the game and a leader in the game as well. Uh, Leo, what's your take on it? A man. Another bittersweet story, fellas. I mean, Jordan, you said it all, man. This is a guy, he's the only player that's played 22 seasons of basketball. I mean, from 98 to 2020, that is quite the career. Eight-time All-Star. I mean, he's a legend. He put on a show on the, on the court. He's always in basketball discussions whenever you think of the nba you definitely think vince carter this is a guy who really put his all into it i mean and i i also hope the same that he you know something big comes for him because he definitely deserves it and i think he's gonna be um talking about uh basketball afterward i think he's gonna be a commentator or he's going to either get be involved with the game some somehow some way i just feel like after 22 years it's gonna be hard to just pull away completely um but this is a guy who dedicated his entire life to being on the court and you don't you never see that i mean people retire early they retire after only you know eight ten seasons this guy went a full 22 guys that's a long time man so i gotta say man well deserved well deserved for him to to retire Bittersweet, but I think he is going to be on to amazing things. And uh, I still got to watch the Carter effect. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that on Netflix. It was a, a documentary on Vince Carter, but I heard amazing things about it. And this man is a legend that I think is not talked about enough because, you know, you have your Kobe Bryant's, your Jordan's, your LeBron's, but Vince Carter is a legend as well. And I, I just got to I mean, say, I'm, I'm bittersweet, man. 
You're right, Leo. It's a bittersweet ending. And I thank you for pointing this out. A lot of times when we talk about NBA greats, of course, we're, I mean, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, of course, you've got to, you have to put their names in the conversation. Uh, you're you're right about Vince Carter. He's not talked a whole lot. He's kind of falls under, to me, similar to what Tracy McGrady is. Great player, doesn't get talked a whole lot because he's overshadowed by uh, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. But a lot of people really need to consider both him and Tracy McGrady. I mean, these are quality players that also helped build the NBA to what it is right now. It's these Vince Carter was no slouch on the court. Oh, not at all. I mean, it was amazing. Like his slam dunking was phenomenal. Like this guy was, it was everything, you know? And I, I, I agree with you there. I think there are a lot of players in the NBA that get eaten alive in terms of recognition and praise because of the players that are so legendary, you know, and I, I think that they fall in the legend category as well. And man, I, like I said, bittersweet, but I'm happy for him. You know, this is to play 22 seasons. Like that's, that's a, that's a blessing right there. It means you're very, very, very good. <laughs> yeah. 22 seasons yeah, for real. is a long time. That's a long, long time, but a great career. Um, like you said, Leo and Jordan. So definitely just a masterful career by uh, Vince Carter. Um, and all the praise goes to him, man. And like I said, he will never be forgotten in this game. And um, man, that slam dunk, that's why that reminds me. It's just a moment I will never forget, man. He's just, just has hops for days. So um, definitely just an amazing athlete. And we definitely wish him the best. And we'll keep an eye on his career going forward. Um, as well, um, and to NFL news, but we'll talk about what's up. Oh, Des, uh, Des, before, before we uh, leave Vince Carter, my last words with him, I think he is going to have at least a if he wants that post NBA career, he will get it. He has built a tremendous cachet with the league, just to name the teams he played for the Toronto Raptors, New Jersey Nets, Orlando Magic, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies. Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Hawks. That's about seven, eight, nine NBA teams. You're talking about promoting a tremendous cachet and talking about building up a network where you can succeed. That's one of the specialties I think a lot of people will be talking about with Vince Carter over oh, the next yeah, 10 years. Sure. Um, no doubt about that as well. Like I said, a legend in the game, man. A legend in the game. Um, so I know we talked about the NBA and I know we talked about the NFL, the, um, the, uh, hall of fame and stuff like that. I don't want to bounce like from NFL to NBA, but just to quickly just summarize with the, um, NFL real quick, um, with the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, have had a group workout on Tuesday. This comes after learning that some of the, uh, Tampa Bay players have tested positive for COVID-19 virus. Um, and then one more thing, and then we'll get like quick takes on that, and then we'll jump right back into NBA news. Um, uh, the, like I said, we talked earlier in the show about the NFL uh, deciding to go from four preseason games to two. Um, this comes to a larger part for players uh, after unprecedented vi uh, virtual offseason programs uh, during the pandemic. Um, and then uh, we all know about uh, Cam Newton uh, agreeing to a one-year deal. Uh, 
a heavily incentivized deal with the Patriots. Um, and this comes after Cam Newton was released from Carolina and also the hands of Tom Brady uh, leaving the New England Patriots and going to be and being a free agent and then ultimately signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so with just I didn't mean a quick just brief on those, but since we were with uh, NFL before NBA, uh, we talked about Vince Carter. I just want to just get those topics out the way um, and then we'll jump right back into the NBA as well. Um, so what's your guys' take on this, Leo? What's your take on one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, group workout on Tuesday? And um, they're learning that some of their players got tested positive for COVID-19. And then two, uh, with the uh, Cam Newton signing, um, what do you think about it? And how does it change the Patriots now? Um. Well, first, I got to say the with the training camps, that's again, going back to what I'm saying earlier, there's going to be some cancellation, guys, because think about it. These thing about football is baseball, basketball, you can kind of tiptoe around it. But like football, these are there's like 12 guys piling up on each other. So like that's not that's going to be a big spread for the virus. And I'm a little bit worried that certain players tested positive because it ends up happening with this virus is that somebody who tested positive can hang with somebody who tests negative. And that, ne- that person who tests negative may not even see a positive result for a while. So for me, yeah. it's like, that's alarming that there are several people who've been tested positive because man, I mean, what does that mean for the team? Uh, so I think that they should definitely take some health precautions and really just at a distance a little more. I mean, I, that's the thing in football. You can't, you really can't. So big, big issue there. I'm, I'm just a little bit uh, skeptical about that. I guess I should say like, is, is there really, you know, enough care going into these players and into these sports? I just, I don't know, but the Cam Newton uh, Patriots signing. Wow. Uh, what a move. I am very excited now next season. I'm very excited to see Cam on the field again. I think that he got screwed over by the Panthers. Um, but I'm really looking forward to a Belichick-Newton dynamic. And I really want to see what comes out of that. But man, guys, let's be real here. Is our guy Cam going to go out within the first three, four weeks? Like that's my thing is like, okay, is he, are we going to be looking at a, a Cam Newton who's going to stay injury prone? Who knows? I think he's at a better place under Belichick and the Patriots, and I am really looking forward to that matchup. I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I got to say, I can't wait, guys. What do you think, Jordan? Well, I'm going to uh, first comment on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers story and uh, I want to apologize first to both you, Leo, and Des. This was a typo. I meant to say this was a group work- workout on June 23rd. Again, this particular episode I thought we were going to talk about last weekend, but that didn't end up happening. So when we talk about this story first, I get what teams wanting to do, especially one led by a six-time Super Bowl winning championship quarterback like Tom Brady, always trying to get that competitive advantage one way or the other. But in this particular situation, it is probably not the greatest idea to do that, especially when you're talking about a state that is completely getting a resurgence in cases. Again, I want to reiterate, 
this past week alone, we had one day in Florida where the number of coronavirus cases in a day was north of 11,000. 11,000. This is no joke. And so I think with some of these teams, especially in those states that I'm, that we've mentioned beforehand, they've got to limit their practicing a little bit until there's just some way you can control the spread. Because at, at this part right now, who knows where Florida and Arizona are right now? I don't know if they're going to ever fully contain this virus before there's too much damage done. So I will leave that story alone. Let's talk about the uh, Cam Newton signing. This is a great move by Bill Belichick. Here's why. We talk about a guy who knows how to protect quarterbacks. Tom Brady has only been in- injured once in a, you know, that cost him a year. Of course, going back to the year after he was 18-1. And with Cam Newton... I think at this point, your quarterback who is in your, I believe he is in his early 30s, where pocket passing, kind of that precision passing is what your body can do at 30 years. The whole running, scrambling, trying to fight for those extra yard, that those extra yards, I think that has to be limited right now in terms of what your injury history is, what your age is right now, because bodies do not come back like spring chickens in in your 30s, not as fast as your 20s. So I think this move is great for Cam Newton in a sense where he is going to have an environment where he is not going to be reliant on running the ball. He's going to have a great organization, some great pieces to play with, and he's also going to have a a head coach that is not going to make him throw the ball like, 40, 50, 60 times. I mean, he's going to make you maybe throw 10, 15, 20, and then give it to the running back. So great move by both. And a last point before I leave it to Dez to uh, touch up on the story. This particular signing changes the way I look at the AFC East. I fully believe the Patriots can win the NFC, AFC East again. So uh, I guess the, I guess you get the dynasty again, maybe. <laughs> uh, definitely for sure. Um, with the dynasty and we'll have to see how that shakes up man and just see how everything's going to unfold i'm definitely excited bring cam versus bronco rivalry now a little bit too because with the super bowl uh with the panthers so that's definitely gonna be intriguing to see um what happens with that um as well um and then with the nba uh This week, the Brooklyn Nets uh, center DeAndre Jordan has tested positive for the coronavirus. It will not be in the Disney bubble this year. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is also tested positive for the virus and is strongly considering the same. Brooklyn Nets are currently the seventh seed in the East. They do not have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Wilson Chandler, and Nicholas Clayton. Impact of the team moving forward. That's question number one. We did talk about earlier in the show. And then two, um, second point. Uh, with John Morant has issued a public apology for anti-police post that was shared on Twitter and Instagram. I'll read a little bit of it, just a bit brief. It says the post decepted an image that had the word F, the number 12, displayed on his jersey. F12 is an anti-police slang term, which we all know. Uh, so quick takes uh, from Jordan, since we went to Leo last time. What do you think about it? So 
let's touch up on the Brooklyn Nets story first. This is a team that has already now has lost Andre DeAndre Jordan. You've lost uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Wilson Chandler, Nicholas Claxton. These five players, and also Spencer Dinwiddie, could also miss the season too. Let's put that into the equation. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six players who are not going to be with you come playoff time in Orlando, if indeed you can make it to the playoffs, because I don't know now. I mean, losing losing six of your stars, that's going to be difficult. With that being said, this is essentially telling me that the Brooklyn Nets just need to fully recover, get rested, and then get roaring and ready to go next year, because I do believe the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a serious, serious, serious contender next year with everybody healthy. With uh, with the Grizzlies and John Morant, um, I get I get his initial anger. I get his initial post. I mean, I would be I would be angry too. Uh, uh, with, with just everything that's going on, obviously, uh, this store, this what's going on, political climate. It's it's impactful to, of course, uh, my brothers from other mothers, uh, Leo and Des. I know how awful this climate this political environment has been for the past two three months so my my heart has been always heavy with that and and this is a no this is a similar with Jim Morant I, I totally get where his heart is right now now he has apologized for that post just to to reiterate a few comments I want to first apologize for posting something that didn't clearly and accurately convey what I wanted to share my post was intended to focus on the bad cops who get away with the unarmed black men and women, and those continue to harass peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. I know that there are good cops 12 out there. I know some and a few are family. I am thankful to the cops at Murray State who took care of me and the cops who continue to watch over me with the Grizzlies. We need good cops to step up and make sure other cops are not abusing their power. There have been too many black lives taken by police that could have been prevented. Black lives matter. Where's the justice for Breonna Taylor and the other countless innocent black lives that have been taken at the hands of dirty cops with no convictions? This apology really puts things into perspectives, in my opinion. First off, what earlier, you know, a couple of weeks before when we were talking about some of these other apologies that were coming out of the Wazoo, because essentially these players or what have you got caught, there was no onus. There was not a apology that I was willing to accept. With John Morant, with how he was able to articulate what he was wanting to say, how he understood that that was not the way to go about it, and still bring attention to a matter that needs attention to, that is the way that you do an apology that I have not seen yet. So to John Morant, uh my my again my heart goes out to you my thoughts of course to you your family and to the grizzlies organization your fellow teammates that we are with you together in, in this fight uh mr morant we are your ally absolutely man and you know i i think that wasn't overstepping i mean i think that using your platform to express how you feel about this movement is huge. And I think especially, um, it's especially important to do that uh, current state. And I think that I don't 
think he needed to apologize, to be honest. I mean, I think it's good and big on him to do so and to say, you know, hey, I might have misinterpreted some things or might have not interpreted the message that I really wanted to. But I mean, look, like their police reform and does need to happen. Like things need to happen with police. I'm not going to say defund, but some reorganizing needs to happen. And I think using his platform to make things clear and make things concise is a very good idea. Um, did you have any final thoughts on that story? Um, I just want to, I want to quickly touch up on, on what you said. Just want to quickly address that Leo. Um, and also to uh, rephrase my comments too. If he didn't apologize, I would be okay with that, especially with the climate that goes on right now. We need some change. And that post was definitely uh, addressing some changes that need to be made. It definitely made the it made us aware of what's going on. I will bring up though, just a quick retrospect with the uh, apology. He still brought what was going on to the table. I mean, he still ended that apology with what's really important: Black Lives Matter. He would still got that point across. Did he need the apology? Leo, you're absolutely right. He did not need to make that apology if he didn't want to. But he was still, at least with the apology, still bring up some of the issues that we're trying to make people aware of. Yeah, I'm glad that he's still using his platform for good. You know, I mean, it. we got to keep on talking about this. And I'm glad that more and more people in the NBA and the NFL are coming forward, telling their stories and and talking about it, especially on their massive platforms, because let's be real, uh, they can attend protests all they want, but look, those million, two, three, four million people on their Twitter seeing that, that's that's huge, man. And I think as I think celebrities definitely should keep jumping on the bandwagon of sharing in front of their millions of followers because a lot of people are going to see that message and it very well may educate someone and that's the thing is that we want to also come from a place of educating you know educating on why this system is wrong and why it needs to be changed so i'm very grateful to still continuously see the support for it let's uh move on real quick though to uh jr smith who signed with the the lakers to play this season um i mean hey this is no stranger to appearing with lebron uh, the the infamous game one moment in the 2018 nba finals where j jr smith ran the wrong way we remember that (laughs) (laughs) jr where are you going no 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 the the basket's that way (laughs) Right, wait, like, wait, wait, that's not the right basket. But, uh, he's played with the Cavs for the past five years. You know, him and LeBron have been a, a pairing for a while. I think this is going to bring some great energy to the Lakers, man. How do you feel about this? I mean, okay. All right, let's let us let us let us leave J.R. Smith alone with that that game one moment. Uh, when I mean, look, we're at, never gonna forget that. <laughs> well, no, we're not. We're we're we're, we're really not. <laughs> But in all seriousness, when I look at this, when I look at this signing, it's great because Jr. knows LeBron's system, if that makes sense, and he's able to be—I want to say—a a glue to the locker room, able to help reinforce the locker room. He is uh, 
he has done always done great when he's paired up with LeBron, uh, joining him, you know, for the past four years that he was in the NBA. Uh, part of that was a lot of time spent with LeBron and knowing how to win a championship and all that. He uh, he definitely he got a ring with them, and so this move come is very important come playoff time. A lot of team teams are going to finally start to be able to fully practice for the first time, and so to get the squad that you want moving forward into the year, this was an important move and one that I really like. Definitely agree, man. Just don't run the wrong way, Jr. <laughs> yeah, please, please remember, remember, always move forward. Don't don't run backward. Don't let uh, don't let. <laughs> Don't let LeBron scream at you like that again, man, because he was furious. He was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think anybody would uh, go off in that in that case. I mean, come on now. Like, he's supposed to be in the NBA, bro. This ain't the, the practice league. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. That, oh, man. Uh, but let's move on to another NFL story. Um, Let's talk about uh, shortening the preseason to two games. And we had kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but of course this comes in part to a larger plan for players after the unprecedented virtual offseason program during the pandemic, there's spikes happening. Um, what do you think about the preseason being uh, shortened down to two games? Cause I will be honest with you, Jordan. I think even without the pandemic, that's not necessarily a horrible idea. Look, I like to watch the preseason to kind of gauge and see how certain players and especially certain people on the backup squad are going to to play. But I mean, I don't I don't need that many games of the preseason. I, I love just going right into the season. Like I, I like that idea for especially for safety precautions, but let me know your thoughts, man. What do you think about the preseason being dialed down to two games, you know, kind of shake the hands off a little bit and uh, kind of get in right before the season. What do you think about that? I think you have to only because, uh, well, let's just talk about this year and then we can move. Then we can talk about the future this year. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen with the pandemic. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's be a hundred. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. And right now, I want to err on the side of precaution. If you even want to say cut the preseason off in, in its entirety, that's fine. I, I frankly don't even care about the preseason, to be quite honest with you. And I'd rather just have more, just see the games that actually count. And now down the line, sure, maybe a week of preseason, maybe two just to get everybody warmed up, ready to go for the regular season. But you're right. Four was always just too big, in my opinion. And then now you had some teams that had five because, oh, they're going to be able to play in the Hall of Fame game. You don't need that. Two is enough. Let's see more games that actually count and not make players go through some more mundane preparation. Don't make the fans sit through more mundane games than what is absolutely necessary to still bring a quality product onto the field. Yeah, exactly. We don't got to sit through like 50,000 of them, man. Like, what is there, eight preseason games? Six or That's, eight? Like, um, I mean, it's four, but it definitely sounds like eight. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, I don't need to sit through all that. Give us the two and we'll go. That's it. All right. And I think we, yeah, we did touch on this earlier with Cam Newton. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if there was anything else you wanted to talk about with that. 
Uh, I mean, all, I'm going to reiterate, watch out for the AFC East this year. It's not just the build. It, this is not a one set of race that's going to be def- dominated by Buffalo. And it's going to be a two-horse race between New England and Buffalo for the crown. Do I believe that with just this signing that they're going to beat Buffalo? No, I don't. Buffalo is a very good team as well. I love their defense. I love Jess Allen. I think he's going to be a a good quarterback moving forward. It's going to be those games, though, that I'm going to be paying attention to a lot. Depending on who wins the series between uh, the Patriots and the Bills, will outright win a division this year. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to see all these matchups. Like, man, Cam with uh, the Patriots. I'm excited to see Brady with uh, the Buccaneers, man. I'm very excited to see these matchups. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, man. But let's move on a little bit to video games. Let's kind of change the order up a little bit because this was one that came out before the last episode, but we really all can relate and freak out about this because it it's amazing i mean just absolutely phenomenal news uh we are finally getting a crash bandicoot 4 and it's titled Woo! crash bandicoot 4 it's about time which i think is the perfect title it's for the about game because, time. <laughs> let's be real here we haven't had uh, a crash bandicoot platformer game in over 10 years so i think that it is definitely about time for some more crash I'm very excited to get to be back in the world of Crash Bandicoot and to see like, uh, you know, Neo Cortex again, to see Crash's sister Coco again, like the mask. I'm really excited to be back in, in the world of Crash, man. Like, how are you feeling about this, Jordan? I mean, what more can I say? I, I, Crash Bandicoot, for those that for those that, that don't know a whole lot about me. Uh, when I talk about video games, right, when we talk about what were the games that you played first, what really influenced you? Uh, Nintendo 64, you obviously had Super Mario, Super Mario 64. You had uh, Mario Kart 64, which is the best Mario Kart racing game. Yet don't come at me. Come at me. It is the best Mario Kart racing game, and y'all know that. Yeah, 64 and, is. And, and, of course, the Mario Party games. But let's talk about... Crash Bandicoot. My first game that I got on my PlayStation growing up. Man, this was a game that was challenging at times. It was a game that you are outright frustrated that you want to throw your controller across the room because you couldn't get that one damn box because of some BS. It was ang- it was stress-inducing at times, but ultimately it was the f- challenging fun. It was a great game at times. Uh, I-, I was soup I was ecstatic first of all. When I, you talked about the remastered games coming back, I was like, yes, let's bring Crash back to a new generation. Let's bring Crash to a bunch of kids that would enjoy the challenge a little bit. Enjoy some of those classic 90s games that were not about holding your hand. Like you actually had to do the work. And now to hear that we get a Crash 4, man, I, I'm ecstatic. I want to play that. I'm going to buy it. The moment it's released, I'm, I'm going to put it in order and get that game out to my house so I can play it. I will tell you what, though, with Crash 4, they make a level editor. Forget it. That will probably be the only game I'll ever play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they if they make a level editor, 
a while, guys. Like I just <laughs> you you talk about crash becoming be going back up to the top. You talk yeah, about that's crash versus Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is great. Um, I gotta say that I'm a little disappointed that it's not being ported straight to PS5 and the Xbox Series X because I think that might have been an oversight on somebody's part over um, EA, I think, has not Oh, no, Activision. Activision. Not Naughty Dog. I I guess I'm a little bit uh, disappointed, but it will be able to, you will be able to play it on your PS5. I would have just liked the port made straight to PS5, but I gotta say, man, I'm very excited. What I will comment on is that I agree with you. Mario 64 is easily the best Mario Kart racing game. Heck, I would even go as far as to say is the best racing game of all time. But I I want to emphasize that Crash Team Racing, yes, is sir, absolutely amazing. I mean, those levels, yes, colors, and control was all ahead of its time that was a phenomenal time in gaming history when you know you had mario kart and crash bandicoot left or right and it was just it was just so amazing the the different characters and players you got to play and it was like crash bandicoot was really really good the the crash team racing and the the three crash games you know what was nice about them is that didn't change a lot with the gameplay they didn't really change all this stuff up about you know collecting peaches and and crashes spin move they didn't really change a lot they just added more lore they added like costumes extra abilities and that's like what i like to see out of a game franchise i don't like this i don't like a drastic shift in play style and that's exactly how four looks it looks like we get there's like new armors new skins for the characters like i'm so down for that but it still is that same crash bandicoot playing style so i am just like loving this news i gotta say i am so excited man Uh, any final thoughts about crash oh dude i mean i want to point up something that you pointed out like these the series itself when you talk about the true good renditions, I'm not talking about Wrath of Cortex. I'm not talking about Twin Sanity, and uh, I'm not going to get into what was after Twin Sanity because that might uh, cause me to go on another tangent. But but when we talk about Crash Four that's coming out, this is, as long as they don't change a million different things, you keep the same formula. I mean, you look at some of the other most popular video game series that we could talk about, uh, Spyro. We could talk about Ratchet and Clank. Uh, those games, they don't change up the playstyle as much. You just, you know, do what you do in the original and and move forward from there. And so, uh, when we talk about Crash, don't change anything. Add in a level editor, ten out of ten, best game ever. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I'll be very addicted if they add a level editor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, move a little bit into music and what we've been bumping this week, man. For me, I have been all over Hamilton. Uh, I've watched the movie on, or excuse me, the musical yesterday on Disney Plus, and I gotta say, I am loving the raps, man. I mean, My Shot was an amazing uh, song. You'll be back, helpless, wait for it. Like, man, this this was a powerhouse, asked powerhouse. Production 
it was just amazing man like and i guess i can kind of cross into the move the the music or, or excuse me the movies and tv a little and just say that that was one thing this week that i watched that i just very thoroughly enjoyed myself on i mean i loved watching uh people of color play the founding fathers for me it gave it gave the the play a context that it wouldn't have had if it was cat typecast and, and uh, all white cast Oh, I love that. I love that there are these contemporary problems and issues that are referenced in the play. I love the singing, the rapping, like, and I just love how it feels so cohesive the whole time. This is nearly a three hour musical and it feels cohesive and it doesn't feel like too much. It doesn't feel overwhelming. I, I found myself wanting more and more and more every single production or I guess every single number. I was wanting more and more. So I, I got to say, I'm very impressed. I'm not a big musicals guy. I've been to several other musicals like Chicago, Memphis. I saw The Lion King. I saw Aladdin. So I, I've seen quite a few musicals, Motown, and I look, I like those a lot, but I think this might have been the best musical I've ever seen if I had seen it live. And that's my only negative is I would have loved to be there live. And I've seen a couple negatives about the, the set design and that there's not really like enough going on there. But I think for me, a little bit more of a more simple, I don't want to say simple, but like a kind of scaled down set for me allow me to really focus on the characters and focus on what's going on with the hamilton story i just gotta say man that hamilton was amazing i i would watch it if it came here and i i literally <laughs> i just shot a review and i i nearly begged if anybody from the hamilton cast is watching this your boy up with a ticket because that was that was some of the best that was the best musical i've ever seen i know that might be a little far reaching for some but Look, I'm not a I'm not a musical aficionado. I haven't seen 30, 40, 50 musicals. I've probably seen in my lifetime about 15, maybe. So seeing this and just seeing how captivating and how amazing it was, like I haven't even seen some of the big ones like Rent and things like that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Wicked. So like I again, I'm not by no means am I an expert, but I gotta say that's my favorite the favorite one all time and then i've been peeling through the new music friday playlist that new kanye west travis scott track oh that's hype wash us in the blood that was good really like the woo by pop smoke that's got 50 cent and roddy rich on it mm -hmm. uh man Rest it's been beast, a by the great way. yeah oh man it's been a great oh. week in music Oh man, and I will definitely be throwing some of my recommendations for uh, hip hop and uh, heavy metal either uh, later today or uh, tomorrow. That will be an official uh, post on our podcast page, Keeping It 100 Podcast. Uh, follow us, uh, like us if you have not done so already. But when I talk about some of the music uh, right now, of course, Pop Smoke, he had a, a recent album that was released, a posthumous album, of course, because. Uh, rest in soul uh, pop smoke is not with us and there's also another album by gucci Mane i am going to cover as well more to come on that i'll definitely leave a separate uh post about that but you're right leo there is definitely a lot of great music and that's even going back to the past couple of weeks uh, that there's been a lot of great music that's been released so i am glad to see that uh that we're still able to move forward with new music releases after new music releases with us being so uh, socially distant of course and i will definitely check out uh, hamilton uh, once i find a friend that has disney plus 
Hit me up, my friend. You know I'll hook you up, man. Um, oh, all right. Wish I all had right. a little more. <laughs> I wish I had a little more time with like movies and anime this week. I've just been kind of all over the place. But tomorrow, God of High School debuts, and I'm very excited for that. Uh, that is based off of a manhwa. So again, we're pulling from the Korean comics, just like what happened with Tower of God, and that's going to be a Crunchyroll original. And I, man, I cannot wait. It's all about like martial arts and i haven't really read that much into it because i really want to like surprise myself and keep myself in the dark so man whew, i'm excited no and and for me in terms of tv shows again a, a few more retreads uh, i know I, I need to step up in new shows but i can't stop watching shimmerite champ blue i can't stop watching psychopaths <laughs> so i'm not past the first season and I heard about the second season, so I may not watch that just to make sure I still am able to continue to talk about the show as uh, nice as I'm able to. But, but uh, other than that, um, again, I cannot reemphasize this to everybody. Um, I know this is going to sound like a broken record. Check out Black Clover. So I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, I need to get back on that. I need to get back on Fire Force. Fire Force season two just dropped, and I'm like, dang, I'm still still struggling with season one. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to some more anime. Dude, I, I can up, my friend. Um, uh, other, you know, uh, I just want to address the fans uh, right now. I, I we thank you very much for being patient with us. Uh, I know uh, a lot of it. A lot of everyone was disappointed that we couldn't get an episode done last week. Again, we, we want to thank you very much for the support. Uh, keep checking into our uh, uh, post. Uh, I know Desmond has been doing a lot of great work for uh, showing some of uh, the Black Lives Matter movements protests. And unfortunately, he couldn't be with us to uh, end the show, but uh, Des is still listening in. We definitely appreciate you contributing that to uh, some of our audience, our listeners to watch. and really get the full scope on what's happening here and uh, we're going to still continue to talk about this so uh, I, I know i sound like a broken record but even a week two weeks a month two months uh, maybe even a year that until we get some change because this is change that is long been overdue all right this is not be this is did not start with george floyd it just did not start with Breonna Taylor. This did not start with uh, Eric Garter. This is got. This is too far back, too far back to even really understand the scope of how bad this is, man. And we're still going to continue this fight. Absolutely, man. Black Lives Matter. We're going to keep pushing for it. And yeah, guys, I mean, we we unfortunately did have to take a week off, but we're back. We're better than ever. And guys, we will be back for the next episode. I did want to get to. A very quick shout out. Um, I did want to shout out. Uh, it's a lot to explain over on Instagram. Go ahead and follow him. Uh, and he's got uh, about 2000 followers. So man, you're building a lot and you're one of our favorite Instagram accounts. So follow him at it's a lot to explain over on Instagram guys. And we will be back for another week, uh, another episode, excuse me, next week y'all. And we'll see you next week. Signing off. Signing off.